Well, she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa, she's ready to go to the stars. This is the 300th episode of the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. Its mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host... This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast. Your podcast of looking out for the evil bad guy, the supernatural meanie, and finding out there's no gravity. Zero thirteen in space. <laughs> No. Thank you, Pixie. <laughs> Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, uh, where we are going to be exploring Bureau 13 once again, but this time we're talking about doing adventures and investigations in space. You have joined the most secret government agency that you have never heard of. The 13th Bureau of Justice, otherwise known as Bureau 13. You are a government agent charged with the duty of disposing of the greatest unnatural threats to the people and the economy of the United States and Canada. You will work under the knowledge that you are funded by an organization so secret, even the highest government officials do not know of your existence. Welcome to the elite band of people who wander the dark streets of the night, ever searching for the horrors that should not exist in this modern age. You are a special agent, stalking the night fantastic. Bureau 13 is a Gen Con award-winning RPG of modern horror and paranormal adventure. It's available from Tritag Games at tritaggames.com in both the original editions and in the D20 edition, with a new Savage Worlds edition coming soon. Remember that wherever the supernatural waits, good and evil, the agents of Bureau 13 will be there. But the evil is growing. Oh no, I'm 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 thinking back to the whole using the fringe paths to count to to explore our system and other systems just because yeah, Talbot I okay, at last at Gen Con twenty fifteen I ran an adventure with the five Talbot Raiders and they were just doing travel on the old platform. Those five and it's like a male nurse, a scientist, a nun a spoiled rich kid who ended up having to go into ROTC and is a soldier, and there's one other, and I'm blanking, but the oh, housewife. The five of them would be the ones that would be starting inter- and intra-system uh, travel and exploration, because they would be the ones in our system 
doing like what Gordon Conrad did on the bike, setting radio transmitters on at various locations, and then we go from there and use magical portals to send non-friendsworthy non agents. Mm -hmm. So extrapolating on that, we could see a lot of travel because Colonel Talbot would want to know what can access through the fringe paths, what are on the other side of these things, and can alien fringe-worthy come to Earth? Yeah, and you have to ask yourself, did, did the Termelon just link at random to places around around the system, or did they link to very specific locations around the Bureau 13 system? Maybe the portal on Mars is near is near the ruins for very good reasons because they wanted to see what the heck was going on with the ruins. Well, remember yeah. what Blick, Blick said ages ago is that the portal location selection system is nothing but a huge, um, an ungodly sized algorithm. Yeah. Therefore, the Termeller might have just done it random, and then other people who had the high technology may have put the stuff near the portal. Because remember, mm -hmm. these portals and warps all appeared at least an eon ago, like 100,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Uh, the, 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 the establishment of the portals is done you know, when they, they link the node into the fringe path system. Uh, and so, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they're looking for people. I mean, the Tamellers want to do the big kumbaya, so therefore they're going to want to, uh, you know, on Earth at least, they're going to want to put their portals near where burgeoning civilizations were, so that later on people can join, you know, can join up with those people and bring them into the Commonwealth. As far as the star system is concerned, uh, there, it may be a little bit more interesting. It may be here's where there's interesting geological formations. Here's where there's a power source, like you know, a, a nice nice patch of pitch blend, or even something even more valuable. Um, if there are alien civilizations, of course they're going to want to put a portal near those alien civilizations so that you know the the Tamellers can go and check it out, you know, and the and, and hopefully the people when they join the Commonwealth will be able to go check it out too, you know, because that's all part of their own node. This is all something I've always wondered about the Termellern, and and yeah, this does link to Bureau Thirteen. Did the Termeller know about magic? Would they have just classified it as a uh, reality hacking? Because that's how I do magic in my games, is you're using a certain system to hack the universe on a sub-quantum level. Would the Termeller have known about that? Because this was the first universe that IDET found that magic truly worked, the supernatural existed. I think Would the Termeller... What was that, John? I think it would fall under the other c category of worlds where the physical laws are radically different. Having magic means your physical laws aren't the same on Bureau 13 Earth. So it falls under the other, you know, and they, they find them. And the ones that don't kill them outright, they link to them and see what they can get from them. Don't forget, I mean, there may actually have been in the Commonwealth magic using people. You know, no, 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 no. I, I don't yeah. doubt that at all, that the Commonwealth yeah. had magic users left, right, and center. Yeah. I mean, but it still, we don't know the percentage of worlds or nodes that supported magic in the entire Fringe Network. Remember, it's mm -hmm. near infinite. Yeah. But you're still going to have the Termellern 
I'm sure that they would have, if they had found magic, they would have quantified it to the point where a Termelon could have been a wizard. And to him, it's just a new form of science. Again, you're hacking the the energy of, okay, wait a minute. You're hacking the universe of matter, energy, space, and time on a sub-quantum level. That's all magic really is. It has its own form of it. It has its own form of energy that, yeah, okay, you do detect magic and you pick up the residual, and it could be a quantum signature like fringeworthiness. We could say that the concept of quote unquote magical energy is merely a new quantum signature. Yeah, so I mean, it could. Where I look at it, it could be basically magic on Bureau 13, for all intents and purposes, follows the, the three laws of thermodynamics. You really can't make something. All you're doing is moving something from someplace else to someplace else. You know, you really can't make new energy. You can't make, you can't make gold. All you can do is move gold from one place to another. You know, if you're trying to do something, uh, you still can do transmutation, but it still takes energy to do that transmutation, but it's magical energy instead of you know, bombarding with neutrons or whatever. Uh, guys, I believe that in the previous books that have been out here, um, in, that the way they've always described the power sources for uh, magic and um, psionics when it's more than what the body can provide is you're essentially drawing power from other dimensions. So some dimensions where there's more power or, you know, there's a power source that's close to the dimensional interface, you draw it through and then you're, you're able to use it. The magic, you know, directs it or the psionic power directs it. So yes, I mean, you know, the, I would say that in, in, uh, 99.9% of the cases, you're not getting something from nothing. Yeah. I mean, okay. I also toss in ley lines and areas of high mana and low mana. So oh, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. there. It, it just, I'm, I'm thinking that the Termellor might've put portals near, magic rich areas out in the universe because they wanted to, to tap into this and explore this new form of energy, this new form of quantum energy that is so prevalent in this universe. I mm-hmm. would think that the Termellon actually, if the portal placement was not random, they would put it near civilizations that may have used magic. We might have within 40 light years, because out in, you know, what was it, a 1,000 to 5,000 light years away is the Consortner Consortium. The Termellon might have done it all near technomagic-based civilizations. Mm-hmm. There could be, you know, there could be uh, civilizations that have spelljammer-type ships, and that's how they went about space. Yeah. I mean, there's just, just a lot we can do with the fringe paths and when they are plotted out to the star hub platforms. Actually, Just one thought. What, what I'm sorry. Hacked into. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, one thought that's crossed no, my mind. And if there's, if, 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 and if there is within 40 light years, no matter what the star is like or whatever, an old Ashani base. You that know, too, like, you could find that like versus there. like. Ashani were PL10. But the, you know, well, I call it PL whatever we want to be. Because you know they basically yeah, well, ascended. Well, all all PL ten is <laughs> if you're going to use the the OGL progress levels, PL ten is basically biotech PL nine. That would be mm-hmm. Termellon. I see yeah. the Termellon and the Enchani 
as pretty much equal tech level. They're not the same race. We've already determined that, but the same tech level. It's just the Termellon, when they tried faster than light travel, they went into another dimension and just said, why should we bother exploring our universe? We have an infinite number to choose from. Yeah, and they're all, and they're all they're all like us. They they all most of them have habitable planets with people that have this compatible biology. That sounds a lot more interesting than going out and examining a million million hunks of rock. Yeah. Now the yeah. thing is though, the big difference the big difference is, is that based as far as we can tell, the Termellum have only been active for like about what, a million years before everything went 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 down the tubes. The Ashani have been around for billions of years. I have no idea how long the Ashani have been around, John. I don't think that's actually in the book. Ta- well, yeah, seniority in this universe. Yeah, talking to Richard, basically they were one of the first sentients in this in this galaxy, which puts them at least nine billion years ago. That's well. Again, it, it depends on whether you want to believe that. That, that puts them head and shoulders above the the, the, the Tamelan in terms of, of technology. Yeah, they're both PL10, but, you know. No, in, 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 in terms of longevity. We don't, know how, we don't know how many times they rose and fell in their own civilizations. That's true, yeah. yeah. The, only thing, the only thing we realize is that the Shani were true pacifists versus the Tamelan, which are practical pacifists. Yeah, you know, because the Tamelan... Yeah, they had to learn to fight again. That's mm-hmm. when the military, they said they had to relearn the art of war, which means they had risen above the primal need to fight over resources and stuff because, let's face it, most wars over resources. Let's just mm-hmm. we'll put that out there. That Okay, we yeah. all agree. Fine. Once the Termellern had the infinite number of worlds, it's like, what, what lack of scarcity? We have everything yeah. we need. We just go to a planet and bring it here. Hell, we move the entire planet to the dimension, just put it somewhere else in the galaxy using yeah. the big system. Fine. Yeah. Um, the Enchani, no, they were true pacifists. They made the children sing. And if the children didn't want to sing, they used psychology to make them sing, as it says in Incursion. Well, so they, the, they, 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 yeah, use the a, they use a special device to make them all sing. Yeah, they can make an entire planet yeah, sing. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that would be just then you're using – that would be sci-tech then. Yeah. If, because they said psychology. I'm thinking it's some type of sci-tech because mm-hmm. they, they, you know their ships had organic subsystems. Mm-hmm. Those ships were essentially cybernetic. They were yeah. somewhere along the lines of Moya from Farscape. Yes. Yeah. So – the Enchani, you know, them bopping around, and not only this galaxy, but they had four others. Two others. Two others. There's the, the three galaxies. I think, was it three galaxies? Well, no, because you had your... The Milky Way. They had, had Andromeda? Red, yellow, and green. So three other galaxies. I'd say, yeah, I yeah. think Andromeda, M21, and one other. No, no. What color? Did we have three colors or just two colors? It's three okay. colors. There was red, green, yellow, and white. White was for the Milky Way. Red, mm-hmm. green, and yellow were the three others that, in the Ardana, knew you did not have the reader to access the, those cubes. Oh, they were just there. Yeah, that's right. Those were the those were the trans transgalactic uh, hyperwarp. Yes. But yeah. Now, bringing this back to the bureau, mm-hmm. if they were to go out 
via the fringe paths and find an Enshani base. Mm. And and especially if okay, Talbot's Raiders go out, they go via the fringe paths, they hop in their little diesel vehicle and go the two hundred miles, and they put a radio transmitter out there, magical portal portals there. Oh, the fun Robertson would have with Enshani Tech. Oh, oh yes. There, and, you'd have you would have to buy him stock in a cigarette company because he would. <laughs> oh no, it would be like, yeah, just. Well, the, the, and the thing is, based and based on the other two incursion books, incursion two, incursion three, yep. most of these bases are are run by sentient machines. <laughs> yeah, well, remember the Enchanty had their robotics down cold. I mean, there were all the yeah. brain boxes. You just attach the yeah. brain box to a robotic frame, yeah. and it worked, yeah. It was yeah. all literally plug-and-play. Oh, no, I mean, basically, the, 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 between the two books, um, they both went to the same base that went and said, oh, your spaceship's totally, ru- totally wrong for space, and fixed them. So they actually were right for space. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then they put the crew in stasis, and it's like, wait a minute, how long were we out? Five months. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember that from Incursion too. Yeah, the the Russian mm-hmm. sub commander's like, wait a minute, you put us in stasis for five months? I thought it was Canadian. Um, oh yeah, it was Canadian. They're just the two Russians were the the nuclear techs. Yeah, that's right. They they had uh, bought they had bought a, they had bought a used Russian nuclear submarine. Yeah. So we with the bureau finding in Shanty Tech, that is a good. That would probably be uh, where you would want to have. The star, one of the Star Hub platforms go is to an Enshani world. Because if they covered this galaxy and three others, there mm-hmm. would be, be Enshani bases within 40 light years of Earth. Just you know because the Constantor Consortium and all the Enshani mm-hmm. stuff out there is one to 5,000 mm-hmm. light years away, it does not mean that the Enshani were not in, part, in this part of the galaxy. Remember, until 1945, there was a Sentinel drone orbiting the system. A Trav. Just thought, yes. thought cross mine. Yep. Yeah, we do have a shiny tech. It's in it's in the North Atlantic Ocean. There's two different ones. One got the trawler, the other one got the submarine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The transmat devices in, so, in the yeah, Canadian so, Sound and the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, did they leave a signal such that you know someone, you know, not you know, not NASA, where we're talking bureau, farm, whoever, picked it up. And saw it and said, "Ooh, there's something interesting down there. We need to take a look at that." Oh yeah, there, you know that Bureau Tech PL7 <laughs> would have picked PL7 would have picked up that ping instantly. But so, so you with know, the Men in Black, sound investigating. Yeah. Well, because remember the Canadian government and mm-hmm. I think even the Russian government examined that sound and they said we find no sign of the sub. It probably fell in a crevasse and we can't get to it. All hands are dead. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the Bureau is PL7 tech. They can go down there and check that out and go, wait a minute, what's this device? This must have been the, this and, is where the location where the ping came from. And then wonder what happened so, yeah, to the probe they the sent down there. And, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the point, though. <laughs> Once the Bureau finds that device, they're going to examine it again with every resource at their disposal. Tech, magic, psi, they'll do psychometry on it. They'll figure mm-hmm. out that the signal bounces back to this location in space, and they'll go from there, yeah. either via the fringe paths or um, 
using one of the FTL ships at a far side. I, I got the feeling that the answer is they would do. They would turn around and say, "Okay, uh, we're going. You, you you can make you can make magical portals. Yeah, we're going to put you in a submersible, send you down there, do you do the signal, and when you can, and when you land, we want you to make a magic portal wherever you end up at, so we can go there and see where you are." Because I think it's yeah. one of those, another one of those things where they traveled not not a hundred light years, not a thousand light years. They probably went ten. Th- they end up in the same general area that the that that the uh, that the Ardana New showed up in. The looks yeah, of it. they they ended up smack dab in the Constantner Consortium. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to be ten thousand light years away, probably um, coreward, mm-hmm. heading toward the core, the galactic yeah. core. Yeah, it's going to be a lot different. And like you said, John, ten thousand anywhere from one to ten thousand light years away, we have no point of reference anymore. Anyone from Earth would yeah. look and go, look at the night sky and go, "I got nothing." Yeah, astronomy would not help you at all, except to make new star charts based on where you are. Yeah. So yeah, you would need to have that magical portal ready to get to and from that new location, yeah. and then plot star charts accordingly. And of course, you end up with a working spaceship as as, as a prize, not a very big one, oh, but a yeah, working spaceship. <laughs> well, because they'll want to change that bat. If you get into that space dock, whoever is there is going to want to change that little submersible into. Oh, look, yeah, this is again. Oh, this is so totally wrong for space travel. Five months later, you have a starship. Yeah, <laughs> very small one, but hey, it works. And if you have, yeah. a port- oh, if you could, that's another reason why I want to use a small a guy who can do portals. He can make a portal big enough for that small spaceship to go through and come back home. Well, let's see. Yeah, if you use again OGL the gate spell, the mm-hmm. biggest you can make a gate spell is twenty feet diameter. Even then, twenty foot diameter ship. Yeah, we're talking like the Alvin. The Alvin is the Alvin was only at best, I think. If you include all the stuff on top, 15 feet, it easily fit within one of those portals. Yeah. You don't want to make a you don't want to make something that goes to the bottom of the ocean big because it tends to end up in, like a like an aluminum can under the wheels of a semi truck. Oh yeah. <laughs> Small is oh. good. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, basically a 20 foot portal would be something that you would send a what do they call it, a snub fighter through. Mm-hmm. That's star. That's starfighter size, or maybe a small shuttle at the most. Yeah. Now thinking about what reason, because Bruce was talking about this earlier about reasons why you would get involved. You know, yes, finding all these ancient civilizations, but also you have aliens showing up and doing things. And if the Men in Black don't take care of them, the Bureau does. I mean, you know, that's that's how it comes down to it. So what happens? So here's a possible scenario: they've come down. And they're replacing people with, you know. Uh, either duplicates or or robots or droids, and we gotta find those people and bring them back. Yeah. Yeah. Find yeah. out why they're replacing them. Find mm-hmm. out, you know, what's happening to these people. Yeah, the bureau's gonna want to follow them once they find out mm-hmm. that Farmer Jones in this small town started sparking out his eyes. Yeah, that's gonna merit the bureau's attention. They'll have to go from there. Yeah. Or, or what was his name from uh, from from the movie Men in Black? What's his name? The other guy who Egger. was wearing what? Egger. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is yeah. Egger. character Egger. Yeah, he's they're wearing an Egger suit, you know. Yeah. And, uh, 
course, we know what happens to the person at that point. <laughs> well, yeah. But still, yeah, you're still going to want to find out where that, you know, that nine-foot-tall cockroach came from. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of cross-pollination there with different different genres at that point. Yeah. Actually, we never really covered it really much in depth with the Men in Black. I also want to – would they be – because you know, they also would have their own space fleet, if you think about well, it. Well, yeah, it, I, I think at that point <laughs> our Bureau 13's version of the Men in Black, mm-hmm. I see them as more ultra-high-tech – Project Blue Book. I wouldn't see them as the the comic book movie type. I would yeah. see them as more, you know, they are just what Project Blue Book became, and yeah. they just have access to alien tech. It's just the bureau. Yeah, we got our alien tech too, but we also have magic. Yeah, I think one thing with the based on Ufon um, lore, some some men in black aren't men. <laughs> They're oh, aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they dress well, that, like men in black. Stoic, that stoic, black-suited human, they just took that as a template. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, this is what we're going to go with them, blend it among the humans. Mr. Now, Anderson. Well, there, there's the game by Palladium <laughs> Books called Nightbane, and there's the Namtar who make mm-hmm. human shells, and basically they look like what we would know as the men in black. Yeah. So that's no. another game that took that MIB template and use it. Yeah. Now this is something that both uh, Paul Nunes and Jay Haley mentioned. You. What was what was that, John? I'm sorry. Uh, but they, they had mentioned in, in the on the TriTech forums uh, there about the about do we have FTL aliens nearby or are they? totally different set of aliens in this universe, you know, because let's be honest within 40 light years there, if you're using FTL aliens, there is about six or seven of them within 40 light years of earth. Well, that's fine. I mean, if we use the FTL races, yeah. 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 But then again, Richard on purpose decided in the last, last edition not to have Bureau 13. Now, there was mention in the second edition of a Bureau 13 office on Formalhut and stuff on Earth, but then he totally dropped that in the in the last version of FTL because he more than said well, they're, yeah, different, they're different universes. No magic, saying that there's no magic or supernatural in the FTL universe, no, because he wanted it to be a hard science fiction yep. with some side. Yeah, I get why he did that. Yeah, he was more saying they're different universes, and the thing is, you can, they can still be different universes. With yeah, we're talking alternate because hey, Bureau Thirteen is alternate, alternate Earth Prime. Well, so Kimnar Prime is alternate, you know, with magic and everything, and that's that can just get freaky. Put the FTL races in <sighs> within the local star group of Earth, yep. and so you could have Kimnar and Blocks and oh, even the Krovin. Oh, God, a Krovin on Bureau Earth. No. Okay, we'll just stop that train of thought right now. Josie don't even know what Krovin are, and she can tell by the look on my face. Uh, d- don't do it. Don't go there. <laughs> uh, imagine master genetic manipulators with an incredibly warped, practical Joker sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I want to grow a foot taller. Okay, fine, I can do that. Do you want a tail? 
No, I don't want a tail. Okay, a foot taller. And what type of tail would you like? No, I said I don't want a tail. No. <laughs> and he grows you a foot taller. No, 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 no. I just off the top of your uh, head. It's got toes and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, FTL aliens in the bureau world, and just put a mat or a supernatural spin on them. Fine. Mm-hmm. So that means the Kimnar battle priests can cast spells, and there's. Uh, clerics of mm-hmm. other religions, and they have codified wizardry, arcane mm-hmm. magic even more, to where they treat it as science. So they might have technomagic robots and whatnot. Yeah, you could go all down that route. Oh, yeah, um, and, then, and then, of course, there are the Forerunner races, all of whom use magic. Imagine the, uh, what's, what's her name again? The, uh, the Zonki? Zonki, they are used. Basically, the Zonki are, are both the Zonki and the Sandral are former forerunner warrior races. Now imagine ah. those guys with magic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Basically, you were talking, you know, you know, Sauron Superman, Modi warriors. We're talking guys you don't want to go into a fight with because they will kill you. Yeah. And not only, and only spend one bullet or one energy capsule, one energy unit to do it. Well, yeah, see, that's the thing with with the technology. The Bureau will also have to, I mean, we've we've talked about the tech, we've talked about locations. We also have to talk about the fact how these cultures are. Remember, our human culture, especially here in America, we have a very codified civilization. We have, you know, Mm -hmm. don't do this, don't do that. Out there in the galactic civilization... Rules are a lot different. We're going to be bringing our Earth, and especially because of the Bureau, our American mentality, to a place where they may consider us weak, they may consider us um, soft. I mean, they may just say, okay, you know what? You slighted me. It's a battle to the death. And here we are. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're not going to you're not going to try him. You're not going to convict him. You're not going to penalize. No, he just dies here and now. That's something else that when Bureau Thirteen agents go out into space, we yeah we we operate on American soil. Fine, great, wonderful. We're out there in space. It's just us and what we bring with us, and we're in places that Mm -hmm. the cultural mindset may be totally different and totally incongruous with anything that we know. So the Bureau are going to have to deal if they can have somebody involved in anthropology, that would be good because you're going to need to know these things. You're going to need to find out how to think totally different. I mean, look what happened with John Crichton and Farscape. He had to deal... He had his human sensibilities, Oops. and he actually had to become a much harder man over the four years that he was out there mm-hmm. because of the fact that it was kill or be killed. Yep. I mean, even just look at the Green Lantern Corps, how they are. Even, again, the much maligned movie with Ryan Reynolds. Sinestro even told him. You need to, you know, you can't be soft. You got to, you know, the core is only as strong as its weakest link. Therefore, you have to become a a hard posterior. We'll put it that way. 
in order to survive. So the bureau agents, you know, they're they're they go out into space. They might have to be a lot more ruthless just in order to make sure they make it home. That's something else that these space adventures, whether it's people replacing humans, people kidnapping humans, aliens or alien artifacts coming to Earth and we try to go back and either return it or find out where it came from to see if it's a harbinger or things to come. Once those Bureau agents are out there, they may end up having to realize that the rest of the galaxy is has you know has evolved to this harder or devolved to this harder edge lifestyle where it's not quite a frontier mentality. It's just uh, what's the term I'm looking for here? Kind of super omnivore competition. Yeah. Uh, so I when I ran my uh, incursion game, they said this universe reminds me of basically, you know, the Americans went away and, and left behind the airfields and now they're all cargo cultists looking for more cargo from, from the Ashani and the Ashani. Well, yeah, that's a very good way to describe it, John, because yeah. Danny, when they up and left and left all their toys behind, incursion mentions all sorts of empires rose and fell until the consortium started pulling together after the Consto and the Opnor collectives banded together. But over thousands of years, empires just rose and fell and filled power vacuums and made power vacuums because mm-hmm. they used the Enchanty tech, but they weren't enlightened. You were giving them PL-10 technology, and they might have had a PL-5 mentality. Yep. And, that would be like and, giving and a modern-day military that type of weaponry. The best they could do was make uh, black boxes, not the Ashani white boxes. So I would say yeah, the a lot of PL... PL9, PL9 tech being created, but it just doesn't meet the PL10 stuff that the Ashani were using. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the PL, the, the, the Ashani white boxes were self-repairing. Problem is, they got more and more rare, so the, and I want to say the name of the race was the Bezel, B-E-Z-E-L. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They made the black boxes, yes, they were compatible with the Ashani ports in the ships and the installations, and the bases, but you could crack them open with a Griegel multi-tool and dig around the black nano gel and pull out the components and work on them there and pop it all back in, seal the box up and plug it back into the port. Cross your fingers, you did right. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, Well, remember, you can take black box repair skill. It was just a very expensive skill. If you were to do that... And, 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 folks, I've wanted to do an Incursion D20 or Incursion OG. I've wanted to. I have certain things done. Incursion was my gateway game into TriTech. Oh, dear Lord, 20-some-odd years ago, probably 25 years ago now. And so this is just exploring that more and more because, remember, Bureau 13 and Incursion are in the same dimension. And the Bureau... As I said, for them to get their hands on Enchanty Tech would be a major boon. Even mm-hmm. just, we found this old base. Even then, there's still stuff lying around. If it's like an abandoned, mm-hmm. let's try that again, an abandoned Enchanty City with a space pad where one of the Enchanty ships could land, that would be the find of the century for a bureau team. 
Yeah. Because it would give Robertson the chance to just go nuts. He would send all of his his daughter Ramona and all the rest of his little tech geek assistants on a field day. Yep. He might even use the... Duplicate it. Yeah. But he could still reverse engineer stuff based on it. Because remember, PL7, Robertson's PL8, and Shani is PL10. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 10 would be minimum. But still, using principles based on that PL10 his PL8 would get a, a lot tighter. And mm-hmm. if they were to find an Enchanty installation full of Enchanty tech, not just one device, you would need a multitude of devices with a multitude of disciplines covered, computer, medicine, biology, engineering, metallurgy, in order for Robertson, he would be able to zero into full PL8 if, he were to, if the Bureau were to find an Enchanty base in their explorations of space. Hmm. Actually, one, th- one thought cro- just crossed my mind, because we did said the Ashani just didn't leave, they ascended. That sort of implies they're still here, they're just, you know, part of the galactic they consciousness. From a higher, they just, may just be <laughs> watching from a higher plane of existence. Yeah, they may all be part of the galactic collective that we, you know, if you want to take an Arthur C. Clarke Childhood's End point of view, you know, just waiting for the rest of us to get smart enough to, you know, ascend and join them. Uh, yeah. yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm. I would like again. I run four campaigns, like two one week <laughs> and then two the other. So time is not something I have a lot of. But a Bureau Thirteen space based campaign have mm-hmm. them starting out. Have them using. PL7 and uh, prototype PLA technology, building mm-hmm. the ship, having them start exploring the system, using the fringe pack. I would love all that to be done. That would be oh. so cool. That would be cool if you one of our listeners could do something like that and come back to us, you know, via the various mm. forums and boards that we have. Oh, to get your input on that. That would be cool. Hey, Chad, here's something, because you know, this will tie into some of our other things. Take a tip of a hat from uh, Andre Norton and her galactic, and her, was uh, I think it was called the Galactic Junkyard. I forgot the exact name for it. But basically, uh, it was in one of her earlier, earlier novels. It basically was one of her earlier pre-Forerunner novels. Where okay. uh, we're Americans, uh, we're Americans, and the, and the Soviets. And I have to use Soviets because that's when it was written. We're hunting down and finding old abandoned spaceships, but they also had access to time travel. So they find wow. these wrecks, and then they would go back to when they were still new. Oh, <laughs> and get and, and grab them and try to bring them back to the back to the present. Because hmm. you know, in a spaceship crash. Yeah, there's probably lovely collections of crashed spaceships. You have them shot down by the Sentinel uh, on uh, on Earth, and they're but they're all you know they're, they're, they've been buried for thousands of years, and they're they're no dang good. But if you go back when they just crashed, you might be able to actually salvage something from them. We do have time, you know time travel is 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 available for folks who want to use it. Just gotta be very careful. Using it, yeah, 
That would be kind of cool, though, to find that out. Yeah, to sit mm. there and drag that technology back to present day. Yeah. Well, as I said, time travel is another way that we get our salvage tech to be able to do space travel. That, that's yeah. one of the many ways that Ray Robertson has made standard bureau level technology PL7 with PL8 being prototypes. So yep. time travel is already yeah. proven to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, you have to be careful because, like the folks at the no Galactic Deer, like that was the name of the novel, the Galactic okay. Deer, like um, you may you may find when it didn't crash land, it's just basically the the folks got off, got eaten by the local animals, and it's still there, fully operational. All it needs is someone to come along board and close the hatch. I had an I I I, I <laughs> there was an Enchanty ship and. One of the British mound sites, like Glastonbury mm. or whatever, had an enchanting ship, and I went that route. I oh. forget which campaign it was ages ago, but... Yeah. Uh, John, you brought up something in our Facebook group. Yep. Again, folks, we have a private podcast group where we discuss these topics, you know, weeks in advance. We skull. Uh, but you mentioned something about, yeah, okay. I, I had said Yes. Bureau is PL7. PL8 is prototype. You mentioned something about possibly having treaties with other alien races, what do you mm -hmm. call it, a lend-lease program, where we yeah. could get PL9. Or at <clears> least <throat> a, a ride on one. Or at least access. Yeah. Borrow a ship or something. Yeah. Well, or... because that'd be another tech, that would be another tech and tech, uh, trade and technology agreement like we like the Bureau has with IDET, where, <clears throat> yeah, okay, sure. We you, we you give us advanced tech, we'll teach your people about magic. Or we provide you with cattle. Whichever whichever way they need to go with that. I would prefer the magic, because that whole <laughs> Well, you know. Now, cattle PL mutilation. PL nine, if we start because PL eight, again, D twenty future, PL eight mm -hmm. we start going fifteen and twenty five times the speed of light. That's where um, a trip to Alpha Centauri, 15 times the speed of light, three and a half months. 25 times the speed of light, 2.1 months. So maybe 63 days from Earth to Alpha Centauri, as opposed to five, five and a third months. Yep. PL9, it's, um, that's a spatial compressor. That's pretty much high. You get in the ship, you... Make your navigate roll. You teleport there. The, though I think we would need to leave it within the confines of the F, of, of the Bureau Thirteen universe, which is sort of does kind of operate. If you don't have an H, a hyper FTL drive, it the best you can do is days for light year in in, in, in with the drives and listen the incursion. Um, basically, hyper well, the hyper. Want to limit ourselves to those rules, or just use that as the base because the Enchanty did have the highest tech in the universe that we know of. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah. Basically, it's you have your 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 cube coordinates. You put it into the reader. You tap the crystal three times to set it, and then the, four, the fourth time to activate activate the HFTL drive. Yep. And, and within four days, you can end up anywhere in the galaxy. Yep. Wherever those coordinates uh, place you. Yeah. 
it, it's basically it's all hyper hyperdrive based stuff. So you know they basically are accessing a higher level of the of hyperspace for travel. Yeah. So which other folks have yet to figure out how they did that. Well, then we could just call that a PL10 drive. Yeah. And then the best drives, I think, were 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 actually, I think, hours per light year. So there are there are the hours per light year, but those I would say those are probably are the PL nine drives, the best yeah. the best the best non shiny drives. Well, let me get oh again. I think I just yeah. did my setup for the day. Future tech. <laughs> let's see what other posh. Let's see what other drives they have in PL8 and PL9. Because we have here PL7. Mm-hmm. Well, they have a, a star drive. Uh, reduces the effective distance traveled by a starship by a factor of 350. I would say then that's 350, ti- 350 times the speed yep. of light because yep. then you get a drive wave which is 500 and then you get a warp drive at PL9 which that's beyond Robertson's technology and that's 700 times so even yeah. then a star drive 350 times the speed of light well that puts you looking a, at a light a light year a day three, 350 light years. I'm gonna write that down. 350 mm-hmm. light years means you could do a light year in just over yeah, light year a day. Yeah, about that. Yeah, 25.028. Yes, I did the math. It wasn't easy. <laughs> 25 25.028 hours. It would take you to go one light year. So, so light 700. Year so the 701 would be about 17.52. Yeah, about 17.52. Yeah, a little over. Hmm. So yeah. a thousand times the speed of light, one light year, 8.76 hours. Yeah, I mean the the best uh, the because basically Richard was using his the phase drive tables. So the very best yeah, yeah. ones, not counting the instantaneous ones. Because that's gets that's something else. But the very best ones are in the order of a light year an hour. <laughs> well, the thousand light year per day, or the thousand mm-hmm. times the light yep. in D in a D twenty future, that's jump gating and jump drives. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, jump gate. Uh, if you saw the Lost in Space movie that came out years ago with William Hurt and Matt LeBlanc. That was a jump gate that they used. Mm-hmm. So that in D20 future terminology, that's a thousand times the speed of light. Problem is with the jump gate, that's minimum PL8. And also that would take incredible amounts of resource. That would be something that all of the governments would have to come together and make. The Russians, the British, the Americans, the Chinese. They'd all have to say, okay, is it worth our time and money, excuse me, and our effort to build a jump gate that we can all use. Because remember, if you read Bureau 13D20, not all the supernatural agencies on Earth are exactly all, as Bruce would say, got the big kumbaya going. They all got their various agendas. Would they all would all that would they all want to link and get together 
and say, yeah, we're going to build this jump gate so we can explore the universe secretly without our, our populace's knowing. Does a jump gate require that, a receiver? Well, that's the thing. They'd have to see, uh, let's see, PO, let, let's get to jump drives here. Yeah, you need a jump drive. So basically it's Babylon 5. Well, jump, gate we, is, jump gate is PL7. Um, jump network is PL8. This is where you've built multiple ones and you bounce around kind of like in the Fading Suns game. A jump five. Fly where you make your own personal jump gate with your starship, that's mm-hmm. PL9. Like I said, Babylon 5, they use the hyper, hyper, the hyper jump gates to get into hyperspace, and the bigger warships can actually make their own hyper, make their own uh, hole, in space, hole in the space and continuum and go into hyperspace. So it, it was a, a, basically, of course, then you have to navigate hyperspace. Yeah. At that point, uh, I think jump gates yeah, sound see. like they're jump. more jump gates sound like they're more like the show sh- that shall not be named, uh, but yeah. just bigger. Well, <laughs> well, let me read here. Jump gates consist of gigantic rings in space that use fusion reactors to generate a magnetic field capable of holding open a collapsing wormhole. Mm-hmm. This allows starships to enter the wormhole, engage their engines, and reduce the effective travel distance to the wormholes exit point by a factor of a thousand one exit point they're one way rarely located near one another a starship may have to cross the entire system get from one exit point to the next jump gate and maneuvering a jump gate into position requires navigate check okay yeah it sounds like you're in the bureau 13 universe you have a whole collection of various ways of getting around system that hopefully can work well together well, because you have all these disparate alien and time traveler and even some extra dimensional, because remember, hyperspace, technically, you are doing dimensional travel. You are merely mm-hmm. going to a dimension with compressed mm-hmm. space. Yeah. I mean, if you want to toss in a little SPI uh, with, with their with their um, uh, star, star, was it star, uh, star Frontiers or not Star Frontiers. Um, I forgot. It was, star it was, Frontiers it was, was TSR. Yeah, not Star Frontiers. It was, um, oh, I forgot the name of this. Uh, it was a series of three, oh, three board, ga- uh, board games, uh, Star, you know, Star Soldier, Star Something, and and uh, basically going from ground combat, space combat, exploring the galaxy. But the ships there, they had to use um, size. The size were the hyperdrive. They were able to teleport the ship where they needed to go. Well, John, that's just like the old... Trinity from White Wolf, and I, I've mm-hmm. got the D20 versions of those, and you had the different orders of size, and one of them mm-hmm. was teleport. And basically, you had a teleporter stood on the bridge of the ship. He used psychic navigation, and mm-hmm. so in the 22nd century, Earth had extrasolar colonies because of the, and I believe the name of the order was, and let me get the name right, Yupia Wamacho was the name of that. Gesundheit. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my allergies are acting up. Forgive me. But no, the Pia Mawacho was the order that did the teleportation powers, including mm. jump, basically space jumping. Yeah, I think in in uh, in the in the I forgot the name of the series. Our, our, our listeners will let us know. Uh, majority of the of the sides were women. 
So it was, you know, the the equivalent of uh, this is I think it's from uh, Winchell Chung's Atomic Rocket site. The the drive worked by uh, the equivalent of a Welsh girl singing hymns, but you know okay. it still works. You know, in fact, you probably can't. You know, probably someone out there. There's a spaceship flying through space because there's a bunch of bunch of equivalent of Welsh girls singing hymns, making it go. Well, well, you had said that, that <laughs> all was spare tech. Well, we have alien tech. We have time travelers. We have dimensional travelers. Magic tech. Yeah, techno magic as well. You're going to have all these disparate pieces and disciplines of technology and science that we've picked up over the past 150 years of being the Bureau. So we have many different ways to get not only through our own solar system, but out into deep space, as well as the fringe paths. And so, yeah, we're going to have to find ways to make... So that means our first spaceship... Any type of extrasolar craft that we make as, as, you know, Bureau, like in, let's say, the hangar there on far side, it's going to be a hodgepodge. This ship will have no flow to it whatsoever. Mm. We are going to be going, okay, we have this computer system and we have this sensor system and we've got this drive and we've got these atmospheric thrusters and we've got this shielding, and we're going to put it all together, and we have a starship. Yep, it's going to be, as we get through more and more, that we're going to start making it more uniform-looking. But I imagine our first ship that we use to get out into space is going to look like crap. And people are going to be looking, going, they're going to be doing the famous Princess Leia line. You came here in that? You're braver than I thought. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait, you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.